All right. My name is Ralph March, And I am Parmesan Russell. This podcast is for you, the listeners. We love hearing your opinions. So please reach out to us via email at opinioncitypod at gmail.com. If you'd like to support the show, you can follow us at Opinion City Pod on all the socials. You can find all the links that we do over there. You can follow myself at Parma Chisel. Ralph, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me online at realralph316 on all the socials. If you like what you're hearing, don't be a stranger. Like, and please share us. Yes, please. Share us with your friends. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So let's get into today's show. We got a uh, got a pretty big one here this week. I'm excited. Yes, this is uh, Ralph's big birthday episode. Mine was last week. What? It is this week. What? It's- what? What? It's my birthday. There it is. Oh man, listen, it is it is birthday <laughs> week. It is birthday month here at uh Opinion City. As Sean mentioned, his birthday was last week and my uh illustrious day of birth will be uh tomorrow. So, uh we are celebrating here. Of course, those of you that are listening to the podcast will be uh listening directly on my birthday. Uh so we are Doing a tad bit of the celebratory uh, celebrating here, as it were. <laughs> Same so. as uh, last week, we're doing a twofer list. Uh, we're going to have Johnny Pierce on a little bit later on in the show, but Ralph, birthday list, he chose a big one. Yes. What is your top five for your birthday, sir? All right. So uh, for my birthday, we are going to do uh, my top five uh, favorite. Stone Cold Steve Austin matches because, as we all know, I am a huge uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin fan. Huge. So, yeah, d- gigantic. Uh, yeah. So we are gonna we're gonna talk about my top five favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin matches, and I am ready to kick things off with my number five. And what's uh, interesting five, though, oh, do we want to yeah. quickly mention our sponsor and give out our thanks? For oh, the hey. We get into. Yeah, let's uh, let's let's get right into that. So uh, we want to talk about our brand new sponsor that debuted last week, and that is Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles, your ultimate destination for all things wrestling nostalgia. At Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles, they don't just sell items; they curate memories. Whether you're a fan of the classic era or modern showdowns, they've got something for everyone. Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles sells DVDs, books, magazines, action figures, and so much more. So stop on by Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles, where every piece tells a story and every fan becomes a part of the legacy. Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles is conveniently located inside Mother Truckers Antiques and Collectibles, located at 566 North Reading Road in Ephrata, PA. Stop on by Thursday through Monday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Give them a call at 717-405-0153 or find them on social media at Ref Larry's WC. Uh, We want to thank Ref Larry's Wrestling Collectibles for being a proud sponsor of the Opinion City podcast. And now back to, hey, it's happy birthday time. Birthday time. All right. Let's get into so, Let's do it. All right. So we're talking top five favorite Stone Cold Steve Austin matches. Ooh. And honestly, number five on my list. Um, really, it, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with Steve Austin, but it does have a lot to do with Steve Austin because it okay. involves uh 
uh, a very important feud of his, um, one that kind of took him from from one level where he was at to kickstarting the next level. But this was a very important match in the grand scheme of this feud. And so we have to go back to uh, 1997 to WWE's In Your House Canadian Stampede. And that is the main event, the Hart Foundation consisting of Brett Owen, the Bulldog, and uh, Ryan Pillman against Goldust, Ken Shamrock, the aforementioned Steve Austin, the Legion of Doom. Uh, the British Bulldog was also in that match as well. Sorry, forgot him. Um, but this is this is just an incredible match. We've talked what about this match before. Match. On the yeah, we, we talked about this before. Honestly, um, this was like this was like uh, another universe. We, oh, yeah. <laughs> we go up to Canada. Heart Foundation is is your good guys. They're getting cheered. Their entrance was amazing. It's it's great. Um, but this was a very important match in the feud between Bret Hart and Steve Austin, and the feud between Steve Austin and the Hart Foundation. Yeah. Um, and I, I feel like this match really sort of helped kind of summarize where the differences were like the things that we were seeing on Monday night raw in the U S the things that we were seeing on Monday night raw in Canada. Um, this one really highlighted how big of a difference there really was between how the crowds were reacting to each other. Uh, like the, the different wrestlers, different crowds were reacting different ways. Um, I, I don't think, I, I just, I, I don't think the feud is the same unless this match is present in the feud. Yeah. Um, and you just had, um, some great players. Everybody was on top of their game. I mean, you think about the names that were involved in this match and just think about the names that were on the team with Steve Austin. You have the Legion of Doom legendary tag team. You have Goldust, you have Ken Shamrock and and Goldust and Ken Shamrock, even though they were sort of in that mid card intercontinental title era. I mean, these guys were really stepping up their game to be a part of this team. Uh, and, and for me, I just, I, when I think of Steve Austin, this is one of the matches I always think of because I just, I absolutely love this match. Yeah, I mean, just the names you mentioned, like that match was a star power match, and the roles were reversed. All the faces that were there, Goldust, Stone Cold, yeah, uh, all of them were, in a sense, the bad guys because they were in, you know, Canada, yeah. they were in Heart Country and Heart, and they were just, again, that those entrances were, you know, yeah. and each yeah. of, and each of them got their own entrance, which that was cool. He was that. Each of them mm-hmm. got their own chance to stand out and get their own cheers rather than come out as a group. Yeah, it was just um, it, it, as far as as far as main events go, uh, this was uh, one of the most fun main events just from beginning to end. So that's my number five. Um, that's a big number five. That's, yeah, that's yeah, that's a good start. Well, and yeah, I mean, you know, go big or go home. So <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so so moving up to my number four. Uh, four. my number four, we go back to, um, what's, what's been considered, um, possibly the greatest WrestleMania of all time. And we're talking about WrestleMania X seven and the main event between Stone Cold Steve Austin and the rock for the WWF championship. And Classic. quite honestly, I mean, they've, they've had a trilogy of matches, you know, they've, they've been back and forth, uh, with, with the world title. They've had, you know, all kinds of confrontations with the intercontinental title. And a lot of people will, um, usually claim uh, the match from WrestleMania 19 as their favorite in the trilogy. However, this one is this one is my favorite, and quite honestly, um, I think this is this is right up there. Uh, for me, I would say this is probably top three in WrestleMania main event buildups. 
Um, because just, I mean, seriously, if you are sitting there and you are watching the video package for this main event, uh, and, and you're, you're listening, you know, to, to Limp Biscuits my way and just the, the whole oh, thing dude. from beginning to end, one dude, of the if best you're not, promos. one of the best promos, man, if, if that does that not, promo. yeah, if that does not get you excited for the match, then there's something wrong because that, that was, a I, I mean, just so well done. And <laughs> the thing about it was. Um, it, when you look at the, the match at, at WrestleMania X seven, as compared to some of their other matches, you know, both of these guys are super hot baby faces at the time. Oh yeah. Like this oh, is yeah. a, this is a big time in, in wrestling for the, for the two of them. And honestly, you know, you watch a match like this and of course just filled with drama from beginning to end. And really, I mean, the, the crowd had to be, I mean, it was as close to 50, 50 split as you could possibly get. I mean, the only oh, time there were no booze in that match, no. it was all cheers the entire match. And this, this, this harkens back to, um, Hulk Hogan, ultimate warrior. This harkens yeah. to Hulk Hogan, the rock. Like when you see those crowds that are just split so far down the middle, um, you know, it, it really, it, it adds to the feel of this match, the vibe of this match. Um, you know, this was, this was, this was a huge match. And for me, I, I mean, I really enjoy this match. Everything about this warrants it being on the list. The ending for me is the ending for me is a little bit off. That's why it's only at number four, I think <laughs> on my list, because the ending for me just didn't do anything. And quite honestly, I mean, when you listen to Stone Cold Steve Austin talk about it, he's like, he wishes he'd never gone through with the turn. He wishes oh, he would have just, you know. When he went with Vince McMahon. Yeah. So he's wishing yeah. he just kind of, you know, uh, had had never done that. So, and I, I, mean, I understand he that. He a decent heel run. I mean, he wasn't really a heel because the fans still loved him. But I think what he, what he tried to do was a decent heel run. I I think so. Um, you know, it the, the big part of it, I think, that really resonated with people is the comedic aspects of it. Oh, you know, it him and him and Kurt Angle and like it just it, it was crazy to see him in that different light but honestly um for me the the ending I, I would have liked to have seen a 100% clean ending I think that yeah. would have really um I think that would have really done it for me and really put it over the top but still um a great match um almost almost probably my favorite WrestleMania main event except for uh my number 3 and my number 3 is just a hair above this one right. and for my number three we've got to go to wrestlemania 14 where uh the heartbreak kid Shawn michaels defends the title against stone cold steve austin and All this right. was it this this was the moment this was the moment where everything that stone cold had been doing up to that point everything that uh he had been doing with his character um you know since we go back to king of the ring where he you know makes the classic makes promo. the the classic promo the proclamation and the next night on raw he just explodes and this moment here you know not just not just winning the championship not just having the moments with mike tyson previous to the main event um all of these things you know sort of combine together to make this moment what it was but I still don't think this moment would have been what it was if it wasn't Shawn Michaels that he was defeating because I yeah. I think that 
this this made him a this made him a made guy, but at the same time, beating Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania in the main event legitimized the win. It it legitimized everything about Austin. Um, people looked at him in a different light, and uh, I I just I I think this this was the one match um, you know that really sort of took him from the Stone Cold Steve Austin that we knew to really hitting the next level and, and moving forward. And what's interesting to me about this is that so many things came from this match. Like so many things happened after this match. So you have the start of the Austin era, but that's not the only thing you have. The very next night on raw, we saw the start of the DX era that we all know and love. Yeah. And that was precipitated by Shawn Michaels back injury, him, you know, um, the match at WrestleMania, being written off TV, being gone for a while with the back injury, and yeah. you know Triple H just stepping up, bringing in the others, and you know this this match was the catalyst for a whole absolute section of that Attitude Era that really, um, you know, really kind of took wrestling to new heights. And for me, I feel like this match was the catalyst that kicked all that off so uh just for me this is not just this is not just a great match you know this is an important match um as far as this list goes you know these are my favorite matches but i also think that these are um important matches not just for stone cold steve austin but for the history of wrestling and the you know a lot of this had to do with this you know attitude era and why the attitude era really took off and and you can look at so many things in the attitude era you can look at the fact that and this is something interestingly that kurt angle just brought up in an interview recently uh where he was talking about how everybody in the wwe during the attitude era everyone was a star you every person that showed up on tv was a major star and that's a little different than maybe what we're dealing with today but everybody was such a huge star. And for me, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin was at the top and he was leading oh, the charge. And so I, I feel like, you know, when we talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin, we talk about the Attitude Era, you know, everybody was a star and everybody played their part and everybody did what they needed to do to get this thing over. But at the same time, you know, Steve Austin was kind of leading the charge. And I think that... um it's it's matches like this that that helped put him in that position. So um, I can honestly remember I was in college at the time and uh, I had come home for the weekend and I was waiting. Uh, I actually went to my parents' house and I was uh, taping it on VHS because yeah. I wasn't watching WrestleMania live because I was then going to take the tape and go back up to school. And a nice. bunch of us were going to get together and watch WrestleMania and uh that time in wrestling, there's an excitement you can't explain to people unless they were there and and living it. You know, we talk all the time about like the attitude era and the difference in, in generations and how some of today's wrestling fans that didn't live through the attitude era might not understand how, uh, how it felt to be a fan during that attitude era and why it was so special. Again, same thing when you talk about ECW, you know, people that did not live through it, don't understand what that excitement was like um, without having lived through it. And I think this is another example of, you know, 
this match for me was like the height of that entertainment, that excitement, that anticipation. Um, so yeah, this is this is a really a, a really fun match and a match that I think is is really important and uh, just the whole just the whole feel of it, you know, the the DX band playing, you know, at, at the pay per view and like everything about it was just but, was very special. The match with the Mike Tyson. Yeah, this is this yeah. is the one. This is the one with Mike Tyson as the special guest enforcer, and then yeah. at the end, um, Shawn Michaels gives him the business in the ring, and uh, he ends up knocking out Shawn Michaels, yeah. and then taking so off his good. DX shirt, and he had the 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 Austin shirt underneath, and yeah, it was just um, that whole buildup was just great too, with uh, yeah. Mike Tyson and Austin going head to head. They were teasing that the whole time, and ah, it was so good. And I love the um, I love the Mike Tyson like custom DX song. Oh like yeah, that, that was really, really cool. good. Yeah, he got his own yeah, little that, theme, and that was really cool. Yeah, that was really good. All right, um, so moving on to my number two. Number two. Number two. Well, <laughs> we've 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 talked about Austin and Rock. We've talked about Michaels and Rock, but we have to go back one more year. Because uh, we we have to talk about this one, and honestly, um, I I can't believe this isn't my number one. Oh, controversial! We're talking about well, we're talking about the submission match with Bret Hart, and oh, we, yeah, we've talked this. We have talked this match like a great match. We've we've talked this match <laughs> before. We've talked it up. Um, you know, the 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 build up to this match. And again, we had the, you know, we had the Survivor Series match with Austin and Brett. And, you know, the, the buildup to this was, I, I thought was, was really good. Cause again, you know, you're, you're right on the edge there of that whole Austin, Brett, USA, Canada thing. And there were so many other people that were, uh, you know, in, involved in this feud that, that helped kind of move it forward. And, um, you know, part of this, really kind of came from again you know Shawn michaels um losing his smile at the time you know so uh they they decided to go back to this this austin and bret hart rivalry and um this match was just masterfully done and i think you know of everything that stone cold steve austin had done and stone cold steve austin again being the leader of the attitude era really kind of moving things forward with the attitude era, really talking about, um, you know, every, everything he did as far as being a leader during that time was one thing. And then you have these, like he was the attitude era. I think like, if you ever thought what the attitude era is, you really think of the one name and that's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. And you know, taking all of that into account, you look at these watershed moments for, Stone Cold Steve Austin in his career, you know, um, you know, the, the Caribbean strap match where he finally, you know, loses Ted DiBiase and sort of moves on from that whole, you know, ringmaster gimmick. And then, then the King of the ring. And then you have all these different things that happen. And for as much as he was a leader in the attitude era, that whole, um, that whole match with, with Bret Hart, I think took him to a complete other level. Um, It took what, it took what he had been doing and what he had been building and just move that to a, a complete other, other level. And 
everything they did in that match was just so masterful. Um, everything about it was great. Uh, Ken Shamrock as the special guest referee and just everything they did in that match, Bret Hart. I, I, I just, I'll never forget, you know, Bret Hart and the ring bell. Like that was just a a moment to me. And, (laughs) you know, just the, just the level of, I I don't want to, I don't want to say violence, but the level of brutality where they just kind of, you know, they showed how much emotion there was in this feud between them. And uh, you really felt that these guys absolutely 100% hated each other without a doubt. The entire match. Yeah, so um, everything about it was just done great. The ending um, was amazing, and again, you know, this is this is a match that Austin does not win. I think you know we have that iconic vision at the end of you know, yeah, Austin in the sharpshooter with the um, with the blood dripping down, and you know, for as great as this match was, you know. I don't think anybody, the outcome doesn't matter because this match did so many other things. And most people don't even really think about the outcome when they talk about this, because there's just so much to it that um, the outcome really doesn't matter. I mean, anybody could have won this match because, you know, where, where things went from there, um, it, it really didn't, um, it, it really didn't matter because it gave us these, it gave us these iconic moments and it's a match that we still talk about today because it was so masterful in turning both of them. And, you know, again, this was in front of just a massively rowdy Chicago crowd, crowd, like huge crowd. Yeah. The, the crowd was probably just as big a part of this match as the participants were as well. So, um, you know, it's, uh, it's a moment in time. It's, it's something that, um, you know, I don't think we'll ever see something, something like that again, uh, where it's just every moment from beginning to end was perfect in building and telling this story. Oh, so, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so that's my number two. So, so far, what this has been pretty, um, on point so far, I got to say. Yeah. All right. Point. Well, this is this is where this is where you're either with me or you're against me, and I have oh, to say that here. quite honestly, well, I have to say quite honestly that um, this might not even be considered a match. Nothing per beats se. LOD 2005 so far. Nothing has beaten that that number one pick. Well, all right. See, <laughs> here's here's the thing. This this could be considered by some not to even be a match. So okay. I get that. But I'm talking about like, because I, I really had to think about this because I'm thinking to myself, you know, my top five Stone Cold Steve Austin matches and am I picking matches that I personally like? Am I picking matches that I think are important? And I think my list kind of did a little bit of both of those. But when it came to my number one, I was like, you know what? I'm just going with this because honestly, when I tell people about my favorite match of all time, I bring this up all the time because i have a couple matches that are like right up there where i could legit pick maybe any of them as my um number one but this one is the most divisive out of the list and so for this one we've got to go all the way back to 2001 it was a december uh episode of smackdown december 13th to be exact and 
we have this uh, we we have this uh, sort of rivalry between the uh, the co-owners of WWE at the time, Vince McMahon and Ric Flair. Mm-hmm. And we have this little feud building. And honestly, it wasn't a huge feud. It didn't last very long. Um, quite honestly, most of it was unspectacular as far as feuds go, especially in <laughs> the career of Stone Cold Steve Austin. But it gave us a legendary moment, a legendary evening that will probably never be rivaled. And uh, it all started uh, with a brawl in the balcony box that went down to the audience that then went backstage. And one of our participants in this feud jumped into a limo and and took off and uh, was pursued by the other participant in this feud. And uh, as, as we're watching Vince McMahon and Ric Flair, um, you know, uh, watching the, the show and watching everything unfold, uh vince gets this call uh and we hear about the green frog grocery store where a certain booker t was stopping to pick up a latte and i gotta tell you i gotta tell you man stone cold steve austin and booker t brawling in a grocery store look stone cold steve austin's had a lot of great moments but this one is probably my favorite it definitely it definitely wasn't a match, but you know, when you're, when you're in a grocery store and Booker T is laying in a shopping cart, having flour poured on him and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin is, is singing to him when the moon hits your eye, like a big, a pizza pie, that's a more And then he hits him with a pizza and a pepperoni. And there is just this iconic image of, Booker T locking Stone Cold Steve Austin in the cooler. And then all of a sudden, right there at the milk door, you see Stone Cold Steve Austin drinking some milk and coming through the milk door (laughs) and continuing the fight. Um, I just, everything about this makes me smile. Everything about this makes me laugh. When you talk about Stone Cold Steve Austin's comedic side, everything about this screams just absolute comedy um it's it's so phenomenal um i just i i enjoy stone cold steve austin matches i enjoy stone cold steve austin promos but i don't enjoy anything like i enjoyed this <laughs> no that's that's a great number one i don't, i mean it's, you're right it's not a match but that is definitely a uh, a moment yeah. in time that most people most wrestling fans never forget just because of just how over the top it was for sure um yeah i i think that's the big thing is that it's just it's it's so memorable it's become its own sort of legendary thing now did you have any runner-ups that maybe you didn't make the list well um yeah and i guess honestly i i thought about i thought about making booker t and austin in the grocery store an honorable mention for one um, but really, I mean, there, there have been, there have been some great moments as far as I'm concerned in the history of Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, too many. I really, what's that? <laughs> too many. Well, too many. I really enjoyed his, <laughs> uh, I really enjoyed his match with dude love. Um, I didn't necessarily think it was the, the best match of all time, but I, I really did enjoy that match. Um, 
And I liked a lot of his, honestly, I liked a lot of his tag team stuff. Um, tagging with uh, Shawn Michaels and, and winning the titles. Um, and honestly, like when I when I talk about my favorite matches of all time, one of my absolute most favorite matches, and this one almost made the list. Mm. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't look at Stone Cold Steve Austin enough in this match to really say, okay, I've got to put this in the list, but I will say, um, when the two man power trip, Austin and triple H defended their tag titles. Oh yeah. When, when they defended their titles against Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho on Monday night raw, um, you know, a a friend of mine sent me uh, a video the other day, which, um, they said, this is, this is one of the loudest pops I've ever heard. And it was, uh, Rock and Triple H from Backlash 2000, and at the end of the match, when everybody is beating down the Rock, you have Vince, Shane, the Stooges, you have Triple H, uh, Stephanie's out there. Like everybody's beating yeah. down, and and Austin's music hits, and he comes out. Now that that was a hot crowd. I will say that that was, was ridiculous. Yeah, that was that was a hot crowd. However, um, I still think when Benoit and Jericho won that match, um, you know. That was one of the that was one of the loudest pops I'd ever heard, especially I think from Monday Night Raw. Um, but everything about that match was just so good. I mean, Triple H tears his quad, and then and he still well, he not only finishes the match, but he lets Jericho give him the walls of Jericho on top of the announce table, like yes, almost. Like... <laughs> that's like that's like within two minutes of tearing his quad. Do you like not he want gets your back limb, up, sir? Do you not want your limb? Do you do you not need that leg? It's fine. <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know man it was it was just insane so uh that one almost made the cut um but you know there's just there's so many there's so many things i could have talked about with stone cold um just the just the various you know moments with uh moments with vehicles you know pouring cement in uh, in the in the corvette running over the rocks car with uh a monster truck destroying the dx bus with the crane uh you know the the beer truck the zamboni which you know i always i always find the zamboni thing funny because he was driving the zamboni to the ring and then completely unplugged the entire audio for the show as he got wrapped up around one of yep. the cords. He didn't like, even care. Just, they didn't even care. <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, it's just, I don't know, man, so many great moments. Um, and that, that Zamboni moment, didn't that, uh, didn't that involve your boy Kane? Wasn't that the night after he beat Austin for the title in the first blood match? It might've been. I'm still sad that he only had one day reign with as the belt as mass Kane. That's still, that still hurts my soul that uh, Mass Kane never got a belt. Yeah. Unmasked Kane did. Unmasked Kane didn't get anything. <laughs> Unmasked Kane did not get his due diligence. I stand by that. Yeah. No, and that's, you know, that's, that's, I think that's another missed opportunity at the time. And I think part oh, of that comes, I think part of that comes from the fact that, you know, Austin was so big at the time that you really couldn't have this, uh, you really couldn't have the the title picture without him somehow involved in it. But yeah. I think that having, having a title feud, a, a, a lengthy legitimate title feud between mask Kane and undertaker would have been phenomenal. Um, oh, it would have been amazing. So good. I would, I would have been so happy to see that. Yeah, that, that would have been really incredible. But again, you know, we're, we're at this point where 
you know, the train's rolling out of the station and, you know, it is, it is the Austin train 100% at that point. Oh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, everybody else is just kind of cabooses on for the ride. Um, it's, it's a shame. Um, but again, you know, if we look at the, if we look at the way things went down, uh, I mean, who knows, who knows what would have happened if something would have happened differently. You know, you always make one little change here or there and, you never know what could have happened in the history of wrestling. So, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate that Kane did not get more of a, a title run, but, uh, yeah. but it's not about Kane. This, that was last week. This is about Austin. I get it. This is about, that is Stone correct. That, well, listen, this is, listen, this is our, uh, this is our, this is our big birthday, uh, month, month here. So much. we can, then, then we, it, we can talk about, we can talk about the intersections of, of Kane and Austin. I'm okay with that. <laughs> Speaking of, I mean, birthday month. I mean, we have a, we have a huge weekend next weekend, don't we? We absolutely do. Um, you know, we're uh, we're gonna be doing some really cool stuff next weekend, and Steel one Snacks, of those SmackDown two. Yes. So we talked a little bit about this last week um, with our guest last week, Big Dan Champion. And uh, so they've been uh, pretty, pretty promotion heavy this week and kind of getting everything, uh, getting everything in line for the for the show. But uh, they were even on the news, they were on morning news. That's how. Big yeah, this the, they were on the morning news yesterday. The uh, 69 news in the in the Lehigh Valley uh, had Big Dan Champion and Ultramanus Black, along with uh, Chris, the owner of the LVAC. Um, and and quite honestly, I mean, this week the card just gets bigger and bigger. I don't even know how this, to. This, this is literally like I said next uh, last week, which Dan loved. This is the SmackDown. It, it puts the stacked in steel stacks. That's how stacked this matchup card is. Yeah, every every time you turn around, they continue to add something. Um, the the full card has been announced now, and uh, uh, I don't run it down real quick. Yeah. Um. So let's let's just let's just run through this quickly. I don't want to get too massively involved in this because uh, you know, without really kind of. Uh, spoiling anything. Uh, I think we may be taking some time to go into depth a little bit into this uh, next week before the show. But let's uh, let's look at let's look at some of the matches that we uh, that we have going for this card here. And at the at the very beginning here, um, one of the one of the very first matches that was announced and. Um, we, we had, we had some idea that some of these people would be on the show because they, um, were on the, they were on the poster. So we knew that these people were going to be on the show, but we weren't exactly sure, uh, what they were going to be doing. However, uh, we got the announcement that we would be seeing in a tag team match, uh, yep. hot sauce, Tracy Williams and hot Matt Mikowski. Uh, would be facing off against Frightmare and Delirious, and I'm that's... super excited to see them uh, once again. I have not seen them in a long time since the Chikara days, so I'm excited to see. That's them in yeah, that's again. that's pretty exciting. Um, super exciting. Yeah, to get to get to see those two again, um, you know, that's that's really cool. Uh, I think that's going to be a fun match. 
Um, I think that, uh, you know, I, I don't exactly know how uh, Matt Mikowski and Tracy Williams are going to work together as a team. However, uh, Frightmare and Delirious are quite uh, familiar with each other as far as tag teams go. Yeah. So that should be a lot of fun. Uh, we, we also have a second tag team match, which, um, you know, we, we knew three of the participants for this one. Uh, we had, uh, Jeff Cannonball and Puff as Club Soda would be teaming up against Lucky 13 and whoever he was going to bring in as his partner. And Mm -hmm. he made the bombshell announcement that he was bringing in, uh, deathmatch wrestler, Brandon Kirk. Oh, dude, I saw him live a few years ago. There's nothing like a Brandon Kirk match. There's just nothing like yeah. a Brandon Kirk match. Yeah. Well, ridiculous. we we are going to uh, we are probably going to be talking a lot more about uh, Steel Stack SmackDown two next weekend. But oh, yeah. it it looks like we have got our special like guest ready to our go. Our guest for this week, he is the biggest unsigned name in indie pro wrestling today. He is the cold hard truth. He is. Johnny Pierce. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Johnny. What an I'm in. Yeah. How are you, Johnny? What's going on? What's up, fellas? I'm I'm really happy to be here and uh, you know, in typical Johnny Pierce fashion, fashionably late to the party. Nah, it's all good. You made it just on time. Yeah. I'm sorry. Technical difficulties, traffic, you know, my dog ate my homework. <laughs> Listen, no, man, so good, this man. this party this party doesn't start till you get here, so it's all good, man. You are the party, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting stuff. So let's just get right down to it. For those who may not know, why don't you tell us just who Johnny Pierce is? Okay. Johnny Pierce is a bad guy. He's a really bad guy. Um, let's see. Uh, when I was growing up, um, I make the joke that I hopped out of my mother's womb with a basketball in hand. Uh, for a majority of my life into uh, my young adult years, uh, it was basketball, basketball, basketball. And uh, growing up in um, you know Massachusetts, you're surrounded by Boston Celtics, New England Patriots, Boston Red Sox, Boston Bruins, really good sports city to be in. So I grew up a huge fan of the Boston Celtics during the Paul Pierce era. And when I was coming up with the Johnny Pierce character, uh, that's kind of what I leaned on was uh, how big of a fan I was of Paul Pierce and how I love basketball. So right. I try to uh, sprinkle elements of that into my my heel character. And uh, this is what I've come up with. That's awesome, man. That's really cool that you kind of weaved basketball into your character. A little bit. A little bit. That's awesome. Um, so how did you... How did you come up with, uh, you know, this this character, the uh, the the cold hard truth? Um, you know, where did where did that really come from? And is there someone in in wrestling that you may have based some of that on, or you know, maybe used as an inspiration for that character? Sure. I was training in in 2020 was uh, under this this trainer name. He was a young kid, and he. Uh, Anthony Katina. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him. Um, he had given uh, the class an exercise. Uh, I came up with this character named John Pierce, 
um and i cut the promo like that and it slowly morphed into johnny pierce um another guy there's probably some two guys that i would shout out with the uh the cold hard truth part of it which would be um davy cash and shay cash and i think okay. there was a point where they tagged as cold hard cash and i really like that name nice. um paul pierce was the truth and then you have ron with killings right and so okay. i didn't want to be the truth johnny pierce and i figured i'd cold hard part and stick it right in front of that and be cold hard truth johnny pierce nice nice that's no that's very smart that's a genius way of not copying you know ron the truth killings but still being you know the cold hard truth uh so where did you start your training to become a wrestler yeah uh i want to say january 2017 i went to the new england pro wrestling academy i uh, did the one day fantasy camp and then signed up for classes shortly after that uh for a good three three years uh some on and off training there uh stepped away from there to train with anthony katina uh which was the short-lived al snow wrestling academy of new england mm. oh, uh wow. branched yeah. over there down to west warwick rhode island yeah for uh the kingdom with Vinny and uh matt taven uh caught them at the tail end of that and then uh spent a little bit of time at showcase pro wrestling in Woonsocket. went over to next gen wrestling center in uh manchester and ended up at bell time club in uh bell time club in walt no wakefield only to end up back at nepo where i started <laughs> hey sometimes you gotta come back full circle yeah absolutely uh, so you, you talked about, um, you know, growing up that uh, you, you were very much into basketball. Um, so was there, was there something that kind of uh, put you in the direction of, of professional wrestling rather than, uh, you know, maybe going in the route of basketball? Yeah. Uh, once I was done playing college basketball at the Division three level, um, you know, you don't have many choices. You're not going to go to the NBA uh, unless you're really, really good. You're not going to play professionally overseas. So I played in like little men's leagues around uh, where I stayed and uh, it just wasn't enough for me. I wanted more out of life. And uh, I went down some dark paths with my life and I, I kind of lost myself a little bit. And where I found true happiness was at wrestling shows uh, for the uh, two to three hours that you get you kind of lose yourself in those moments and you're cheering for the babies, you're booing the heels, you're, you're just loving that experience and you get to escape uh, what you got going on in your real life and whatever problems you have. So when I got into wrestling, it was kind of like that. Like I wanted to give that to somebody else. You know, I really think wrestling saved my life because if I didn't have it, um, I'd still be making some pretty dumb mistakes uh, with, um, you know, alcohol, um, so I'm now seven and a half years sober. Um, That's amazing. You know, I've been, I've been, yeah. you know, I haven't been in jail, but I've been arrested with, with alcohol violations. And I really think um, if I didn't change my life around for, for wrestling, that I might not be here today or be the same person I am today. That's awesome. That's, that's really cool, man. Where do you mainly wrestle out of? Is there a specific promotion that you're like, with or kind of just everywhere well you know being uh one half of the uh cold hard guapos etwa tag team champions i would say uh newport vermont is where we mostly defend those 
Right. Um, but I do a lot of singles action in uh, Dedham, Massachusetts and Fairhaven, Massachusetts for NCW Northeast Championship Wrestling and New England Ring Gladiators NRG. So um, I would say Massachusetts, Vermont, um, sometimes Rhode Island, not, not really too much in Rhode Island, but Massachusetts and Vermont usually dominate where I wrestle. That's cool. So you're like mainly up, up in that area. Are, are you trying to slowly branch out from those? Do you have like a, a, a goal, yeah. a specific state that you want to go to first or? Uh, I wouldn't say state. Cause like I'm already wrestling in Massachusetts, but the big one out here for, for me uh, is wrestling open with beyond wrestling. They run in Worcester, yeah. which is where I'm yeah. really from uh, to wrestle for uh, wrestling open and, and beyond wrestling. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's a really great place to uh, get a foot in the door because, I mean, they they have a very wide reach, uh, you know, for being a, a sort of New England based company. And, um, you know, they they really kind of get their product out there. So being able to get involved with something like that and, you know, just get what you do seen by as many people as possible. That's that's really important. Um, that's a definitely a definitely a good goal to have. Um so you did mention, you know, being uh, one half of the ETWA Tag Team Champions, uh, the Cold Hard Guapos. Love it. <laughs> Ab- absolutely love that name. Love the love the gimmick. I think that's great. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about that. Is is that your uh, is that your first uh, championship that you've won? And uh, is what what exactly does that? being the ETWA tag team champs mean to you? Yeah, that is the first one that I've, I've won. Um, you know, I've had a few opportunities at some other championships here and there. Uh, mm-hmm. haven't had the, uh, the chance to come on the, the winning side of those, but, um, it's the first one I've, I've had, um, you know, I have a new appreciation for every champion at every promotion after finally, finally like realizing, just what it takes to become a champion and what that means. Um, what it means to be ETWA tag champion. It means everything. But uh, right now, uh, Johnny Pierce and Diego Alvarez are the uh, longest reigning champions at the promotion ETWA. Nice. So we're really going to um, push that going forward is that we are the, in our opinions, we are the top champions in the company, regardless of the heavyweight champ or the heritage champ. Um you know, we've had them since March. Uh, I would really like to hit that one-year mark. That would be really cool, really special. And, um, you know, yeah. we put a lot of hard work into it between, like, blood, sweat, and tears. Um, you know, in that in that championship match, which is, you know, on YouTube, if you haven't seen it, you can check it out. Uh, very quickly in that match, I was concussed. So oh, wow. I, I joked that the lights were on, but nobody was home. <laughs> So if now let's say let's say somebody is uh, learning about the the cold hard guapos here for the very first time, what do you uh, what do you what what would you tell people about the cold hard guapos? What would you what would you like them to know about you guys? <laughs> I would I would tell people that you know him and I we we've known each other for a few years now. We used to train together. We we have since started training at other facilities. We never planned on uh, teaming up. So. You know, this everything that you see that we do is all organic. We don't um, we don't really plan things out. We kind of just wing it. You got two single stars that are 
that somehow like when the when the music hits and the lights are at their brightest and the bell rings uh somehow we, we were able to like catch lightning in a bottle and, and make something out of nothing so we're gonna try to just ride this thing till the wheels fall off um nice. there's a little nice. bit of egotistical uh misunderstandings where we butt heads but you know mm -hmm. you kind of like a little brother to me and, and you know you kind of do that with your little brother you, you get into little uh you know fights and arguments and, and butt heads sure. and you know. so uh i don't know we're just trying to prove to everybody uh why we're the right choice to to hold these championships and we don't want anyone to take them from us we want to hold on to them as long as possible that's a goal man that's a great goal i find it interesting because before we got on the air johnny you told me that you've been wrestling for six and a half years but only active for one year yeah how do, how does that work? How how were you just training the whole time? Were there injuries involved? Were you like got hurt early on? I would say like uh, the first years was a lot of off and on training with um, you can say injuries. There, there weren't any real significant ones, but little minor ones here and there where you just need to kind of rest and heal up and then go back. Um, real life stuff kind of gets in the way at times if you allow it to with me bouncing around from certain jobs and, and, and doing a different job. I would have health care. I wouldn't have health care. Uh, mm -hmm. Funds, the money, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not cheap to, to do wrestling. It's expensive. Um, yeah. But, you know, a uh, little bit of this, a little bit of that. Things in my control, things out of my control. Um, I had a little bit of an ego issue when I first got into wrestling, given my size um, and abilities. Uh, but yeah, you know, it was a long road. We'll talk about it later on the show with my, my top five list, I'm sure. <laughs> but, um, I would say there were times where I was, you know, putting money in people's hands and trusting them to teach me how to do this professionally at a high level. And, um, it, I was being told at the time that I wasn't awesome enough yet. And then oh, there were other people around me getting opportunities mm -hmm. that I felt I should have been getting, which... You know, you'll 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 hear uh, th this term get thrown around sometimes: sink or swim. And yeah. uh, we weren't giving Johnny Pierce the opportunity to sink or swim. Uh, there was a lot of pushback, and so uh, this last year that I've been act actively wrestling has uh, has been a long time coming. I'll say that much. So, it it's funny every time we have somebody on this show. I, I think of something that I, you know, I, I haven't necessarily asked other people, but then it, it jumps into my mind. And I think, you know, let's, let's get an opinion on this. Cause we're all about opinions here, but what, yeah. So, so what would you say, uh, you know, being Johnny Pierce, what would you say is the coolest thing about being a professional wrestler? And what would you say, is maybe the hardest thing about being a professional wrestler pros and cons the coolest part is like the fan interaction you know um that that little kid that little boy that little girl that comes up to you during intermission and even though you're you're playing a bad guy character they come up to you with those eyes and they're like can you please hey mister can you please sign my my t-shirt or my and i'll make the joke like you know no i won't and then i will <laughs> sign it um, yeah and then, like, the hardest part is always, for me at least, um, after the show. Because wrestling's like a roller coaster. You have your highs and then you have your lows. The highs are when, you know, you're driving to the show, you get there, you're chopping it up with the boys and girls. 
the, the show goes on, you, you break down, you might go out and, and celebrate, and then you drive home. The lows are day after that, and you're looking forward to the next show, and it's like real life, you know, going, going to your shoot job mm. Monday through yeah. Friday. That's the hard part. Yeah, uh, it's yeah. hard to break the, you know, real life from the character sometimes. It's hard to pull both of them aside and be like, all right, you're here and you're over here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. That certainly, uh, that, that certainly, that certainly would be hard to do. Um, just kind of, you know, turning that off when you're not actively involved, when you're not, you know, at a show or whatever that I, I can imagine that would be pretty hard to turn off. So being that you are already tag team champions with Diego, what are some of your other goals that you want to achieve in your wrestling career? Um, I really would like to be a singles champion. Uh, you know, I want to be a top guy. Um, when I do get my hands on a singles championship, if it's not the heavyweight championship, that's going to be my next goal is to, to you know, move up the ranks. Um, I do want to get signed to a major company. I've always wanted to win like a Royal Rumble or a Money in the Bank. You know, I've always been a huge fan of, of those those events and those matches and the people that win. And I just feel like this character I'm creating, like, could you guys imagine a six foot six, 300 pounder with a briefcase that can cash <laughs> nine, nine you know, and the, the current champion, those uh, hairs on the back of their, their neck standing up every time I'm, I'm corner, you know, <laughs> yeah, back of your head, that kind yeah. of feeling going. Um, you know, I've had the, the, uh, the luxury and the privilege of, of having, um, my mother, my father, my brother, my best friend, my girlfriend, all be at these shows for the past year. Um, there are a few more people I'd like to, to have in that audience so that, you know, I can, they can say they've seen me wrestle and I can maybe, I, I always try to interact with someone in the crowd. And if I know you're there, I can always do something to, to interact with you and give you those moments because uh, I, I only have about maybe 15, 20 minutes of the whole show to do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Remember me. So I try to do that every time. Uh, I've had a chance to actually pick on my dad a few times, which has been nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so things like that, you know, um, obviously mm -hmm. if I get signed, then that's okay. Um, wrestling on the Indies in, in, in New England has been nice. But I, I would like to branch out, maybe go down south, see what I can do down south and maybe a little bit out west. So do you, uh, being being a wrestler, being involved in the business, um, you know, how much how much do you watch the, the current promotions? What do you like? How much time do you have to watch wrestling? Um, you know, because I know some guys are are really into it. You know, other guys are maybe don't have all the time to it. Cause I mean, there's so much to follow out there now. This is yeah. something we, we always talk about. It's a blessing and a curse, but you know, yeah. <laughs> how much, how much do you really get to, to follow the current product? I used to be like, I used to watch the, the WWE stuff religiously, whether it was raw SmackDown, NXT, the pay-per-views, I wouldn't miss anything. Mm -hmm. I would watch everything in order. I wouldn't fast forward through anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've gotten more active with my, with my wrestling uh, on weekends and whatnot going from show to show and town to town. Uh, I'm behind schedule. Uh, I try to catch up with the pay-per-views as much as I can. I've watched a little bit more of AEW than I than I care to admit. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, it's starting to grow on me a little bit. Um, I watch a lot of the indie shows, especially the ones I'm on. 
what I'll do is, um, you know, if I, if I, most times I watch everyone's match from that night, most times. Um, and then there's a few other promotions that I haven't been on yet that I watch their stuff just to see what they got going on. Um, if there's a, a good match that, uh, you know, I have two people I really want to see go at it. I'm going to throw that on. So in my downtime, you know, my, my girlfriend and I, who's also in the business will try to watch at least a match or two, uh, a night. Nice. That's very cool. Uh, so your so your girlfriend's in the business as well. That's got to be uh, pretty interesting. Um, do you you guys work a lot of shows together? Um, or do you do you travel a lot together? Like, is are, are you guys kind of like a, a package deal at sometimes? Like you see, you know, some people working together that you know are kind of like uh, always on the same shows together. Is that like something you guys do? I mean, hopefully someday. She's just not at that point yet where uh, mm. the. Train- believe she's ready for um you know oh. wrestling uh got you. in the ring and yeah. we had the opportunity one time only one time uh we were up in canada and she uh valeted you know diego and i to the ring and that was a special moment i'll never be able nice. to forget uh we'll have it forever we have yeah. photos a video we had the reaction of the crowd that night and uh it just so happened that uh when she changed schools uh all it takes is one bad apple to ruin the the, the rest of the bunch and of course yeah. it wasn't, wasn't her but somebody else hopped onto a wrestling show and hadn't had the approval yet so they shut everybody down and she mm-hmm. she was just on the chop block so oh, uh, only a matter of time before she's going to be actively wrestling and her and i are going to be you know a package deal or whatever but yeah. um what was i going to say she does travel with me she, she we, mm-hmm. we went uh, Vermont this weekend, uh, stayed in a motel, and, and now we're back. But uh, yeah, she tra- she's a good travel companion. That's pretty cool. Uh, it's it's always interesting when you have somebody like I used to. I used to work at the same job with my wife, and it's always cool when you have somebody that you know you you can talk to about things about you know the industry that you're in or the or the things that you do, and and they they understand where you're coming from. So that's that's really cool. Yeah. So say you do have an opportunity to make it to the main stage. Uh, have you thought about which company do you think you'd prefer to start your career in? When I first started wrestling, I was always going to, you know, WWE or bust. But then uh, as more doors started to open up, you know, I it wouldn't matter to me, really. Um, I just want that opportunity to have that contract and be on television. Um, mm-hmm. Since more doors have been opening up, you know, uh, I wouldn't mind, you know, AEW. I think what they do for their talent speaks volumes. Um, yeah. Impact, Impact's coming a long way. I like what they're doing in Impact. Uh, Japan would be would be okay. I think the culture shock would be a lot to handle, but I wouldn't mind doing some stuff in Japan. And, you know, we'll see. I mean, I I really like what they're doing in MLW. That would be cool to do. Mm. Yeah, they're, they're doing great right now. They should be on TV if they're not already. Right. I think right now they're mainly on YouTube and I think fight TV. Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think that there are certain companies and I found it interesting that you said you watched more AEW than, you know, you, you care to admit, but <laughs> there are certain companies that are just seem to be more friendly to independent wrestlers. And it's, it's interesting when you watch AEW, you know, um, some time ago we had, uh, 
every good professional wrestler on. And one of the things that he mentioned is when he's watching wrestling, AEW is usually one of the shows where he'll, he'll stop and watch because he sees somebody he knows, or he sees a friend of his and, you know, they, they just seem to be a lot more friendly to the, the indie talent. They seem to recognize that more than maybe some of the other promotions do. So I just, I I thought it was really interesting that you said that you kind of watched more of that than, you'd want to admit because they they seem very into uh, you know the 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 indie workers and and what they can bring to the table mm. yeah you mentioned earlier that you did uh, you know dabble in basketball before wrestling uh did you aspire to become a pro basketball player before you decided to become a pro wrestler absolutely when i was a young kid that was what i wanted to do i always dreamed of um playing on that high stage for division one march madness um okay i don't want to sound like that internet meme that goes around but uh <laughs> i think i had a really good shot at it and then i tore my acl so there's, oh. there's that thing where like the boyfriend tells the girlfriend like i'd be in the nba if i didn't blow up my knee and i won't <laughs> i won't say that much but um you know uh when that happened it kind of changed everything um you know, I, I was okay in college. Uh, I, I was decent, but I definitely didn't feel like I was good enough to play overseas. Uh, but yeah, the first dream was always to to play um, professional basketball. And uh, if I could be candid with you guys, you know, it was a car accident that kind of made me, you know, rethink uh, my life. And uh, oh, wow. I, almost, I almost died. And then uh, that, that light bulb went off in my head you know, I was 26 wow. years old at the time and, uh, yeah, a couple inches away from, from ending it all. And, uh, that's when I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this wrestling thing a try because I don't want to look back on my life and, and think like, wow, what if, or what it could have, should have, you know? Yeah. If you, if you had had the opportunity to be a professional basketball player, um, do you think anything, would have come along as as far as wrestling goes. And I mean, do, hey, you guys just saw Dennis Rodman was in there, right? You yeah, know? we did well, see. Sure, that. yeah. I mean, <laughs> Carl Malone. Carl Malone was doing WCW. So, yeah. So you, it's hard, it's hard for me to say no to that because uh, yeah, so you, you'd be, you'd be another I'm, one of those two sports superstars. Yeah. yeah. On professional basketball, you know, I've been a wrestling fan since I can remember, uh, as a young boy, playing with the. Uh, with the, the action figures going to the beach mm-hmm. in the sand. Oh they, yeah. Uh, yeah. I had Hulk Hogan. I had Sheik, Andre, the uh, Andre, the giant. Yep. Mm-hmm. I got him. I can go grab him if you guys want me to. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I believe you, man. That's here at my parents' house. And, uh, yeah, yeah, man. Uh, been watching wrestling for a long time. So, you know, never say never. Right. So if I yeah. said, if I got if I was a pro basketball player and all of a sudden an opportunity opened up to get involved with wrestling somehow, I'll take mm. it. I'll take Jeff Jarrett's guitar and bash the bike. Yeah, that's awesome. Do yeah. you think you would be able to balance doing both at the same time? No way. No way. <laughs> the thing about wrestling is that there is no off season. And yeah, you're right. You're right. I don't think I'm that kind of guy that can half ass something. So, you know, with basketball, basketball players, 
do get that bad reputation of being like soft and like, yeah, if you turn on today's NBA, you might like agree, you know, but mm -hmm. uh, I grew up, I grew up with like Shaquille O'Neal, like punching people and stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And they used to tell me like no blood, no foul. So I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't really call mm -hmm. them fouls or anything. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. Basketball, you get an off season, you know, and, uh, mm -hmm. Wrestling, you don't. So one of the reasons I stopped coaching basketball during the winter was so I could wrestle during the winter. You know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you did you have a favorite wrestler growing up, and are they still your favorite? Oh, let's see, man. Uh, growing up, it was Kane. They are no longer. Oh my yeah, favorite. my boy Kane. Yeah, Kane was my favorite <laughs> due to uh, how he kind of like. I don't know if he planned to end his career that way, but like, I didn't like the way he left wrestling. I feel like he had some unfinished business. I mean, Agreed. we need to talk about concessions, Kane, because I don't want to talk about oh that. My God. But <laughs> you know, stuff came up in the news about his like political views and whatnot. So, yeah, I kind of denounced my fandom of Kane there. Yeah. Uh, see, I always said I don't like. See, I always say I don't like Glenn Jacobs, but I but I love. Kane. Yeah, there we go. I'll say that. <laughs> not not nice. Glenn Jacobs, but uh, the wrestler Kane. You know, uh, I wish he had gotten. <laughs> I wish he had gotten to leave on his own terms. I don't think he got that. I really. mean, he's still not like retired. Retired. I think I'm sure he can come back whenever he wants and do a little something. If something. they want to do him right, they put him in a rumble and have him eliminate a bunch of people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you could do that. Have him come back for a for a, you know one more rumble and. Yeah. yeah, I'd be okay with one more run. I, I, I think there's nowadays, um, because Randy Orton's injured still, I'm a huge Bobby Lashley fan. I was oh, a Bobby Lashley right. fan before it was cool to be a Bobby Lashley fan. <laughs> so you were one... a fan back in like 2006 when he had the white trunks and he was, <laughs> yeah. on, was on ECW, and then he yep. made way and he had the match with. Vince McMahon and Umaga and Donald Trump and yep. the haircut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I'll say about Bobby Lashley is, you know, he's and you and you got the shirt on, but he's a, he's a guy like Brock Lesnar. Those are guys that everything they do looks real. Yeah. Everything they do looks like it hurts, and they are like spectacles to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Should Very say cool. a. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It should. It yeah. Should. It should. It should say Opinion City. <laughs> Speaking of opinions, uh, this week we have a, sort of a different top five list. Oh, I'm excited talks. for this. Um, yeah. So, Johnny Pierce, as always, we let the uh, guest choose what his list is. And this week he's given us top five liars in New England. Really uh. bringing that cold heart truth moniker home. Uh. Do I need more backstage heat, you guys? Yeah, I don't, I don't even I don't even know what to say to this because when Sean told me that's what you had picked for your top five, I'm like, wow, this is, I mean, this is completely different for us. But I'm I'm excited because you know, you you let if you're gonna if you're gonna be a heel, steer into it, well, right? Might as well, yeah, steer into uh, it. You know, so hit us with your number five. That's what I'm trying to do is just be different. So let's yeah, let's love it. <laughs> All right. So let's, uh, yeah, let's start with your number five. Oh, my number five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's do it. My number five is Don Vega. 
So, All right. So for those uh, who don't know, who is Don Vega? Don Vega is a professional independent wrestler uh, based out of Rhode Island. He also is the head trainer uh, at the Showcase Pro Wrestling School in Woonsocket, Rhode Island. I spent a little over a month and some change down there. Uh, you know, I'd already had experience prior to, to signing. Well, I didn't even really sign up there. I just paid like a, a monthly due, a monthly fee. Uh, and, you know, he taught me a Mexican style arm drag, which I don't know if you guys know. Uh, I'm never going to probably use that. Like, ever. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. Like during training classes, hey, big man, I'm going to teach you how to throw strikes. And so every day I would go, and, and I don't know about you guys, like I really don't like getting my hopes up because oftentimes when I do, it just doesn't it doesn't work out for me. Mm -hmm. You know, get my hopes yeah. up. He's going to teach me yep. strikes. He's going to teach me strikes. And I'd go every single yeah. night. He's going to teach me strikes tonight. Tonight's the night. And it just never would happen. So, Don Vega, you are number five, top five liars in New England professional <laughs> team, courtesy of Johnny Pierce. Thank you, sir. Wow. That, and that's wow. And no strikes. What that is, is that is the that is the cold hard truth right there zero from Johnny strike. Pierce. Zero strikes. Oh man. Zero strikes. <laughs> I, wow. That's uh man, that is that is some lion right I there. Tell me lion strikes if you're not going to teach me strikes. Yeah. <laughs> that, so, that is not cool. So we only taught you arm drags, huh? A Mexican, not an arm drag, a Mexican, Mexican style. Mexican arm drag. Yes. Yeah. Listen, that's that's what we on this show called missed opportunities. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. School in the rear view was a really easy decision. All right. Well, who's who's next on your hit list, buddy? Number what do you got next? A hit list. No, yeah, yeah, it's a hit list now. Four. Um, you know, uh, the guy's name is Loverboy Lex Lozano. Um, he's on the list, not because, like, I don't think he's a, a good person or he's a bad guy, but uh, when you tell someone you're going to be there for them and then you're not there for them, that pisses me off. So we had worked him into a storyline at the uh, New England Ring Gladiator promotion, and I had it, it culminated. This was months and months of storyline which culminated into a street fight. And you guys know there's no rules in a street fight. Yeah? Nope. So we planted him in the crowd. I attacked him, right? And he was supposed to get involved in that match, the street fight, to get back at me, right? Right. When when we queued it up, he missed his cue, and my match was compromised. So Loverboy no. Lexus, no. you are a liar, and you're number four on that list. Wow. How dare you not show up for Johnny Pierce? Oh, I trained you have been. multiple times a week. And you know yeah. what? I confidently say on this podcast that if the roles were reversed and he needed me to run interference in a street fight, you're damn right I would run interference in a street fight. That's right. There and you go. Lex, Lex Lozano, you have been given the cold hard truth, my friend. <laughs> People can't, can't handle it. No. Can't handle no, it. I, I can barely handle it, and I'm not even on the list. <laughs> Man, love it. All right. All right. This one, we have foreseen the list. We're, no spoilers, but uh, number three is a little interesting, and I'm uh -huh. curious as to why he's on your list. Is there – I can think of more reasons, like, why – how I put this. There are so many reasons why he's on this list, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not going to bury him uh, too much. Uh, the same reason that Lex Lozano's on the list is the same reason that 
The Guapo Grappling, Diego Alvarez, the other half of the Colorado Guapos, is on the same list. So in that same street fight match, he was involved in the same storyline, and I had trained with him multiple times a week, and he was supposed to have my back, and he did not. So that makes him a liar. Uh, what else? I had asked him uh, many months ago, and this is me being petty, but whatever. Go for it. Send me a video of a promo that I did because he had the video of his promo, but as soon as he passed the mic to me, the video got cut. And I said, can I have the part where I'm talking? And he said, I'll send it to you. And then days went by and then weeks went by and then months went by and no video. Um, It's just things like that that kind of start to add up, you know? Um, When you're tagging with someone, it's like a 50-50 partnership, you know? And I just feel like... um, you get out what you put in. I've put in a lot to this cold, hard guapo thing, and I'm not getting mm-hmm. out what I'm putting in. So that makes him a liar, and he's on the list. Wow. Now, the only thing that one was missing was a barbershop window. <laughs> brought up several times, so I won't be surprised, won't be surprised if he gets put through one. Yeah. Well, yeah, listen, I... Warned. You've been yeah, warned, I, I know who the Genetti is of that team, and that's the cold, hard truth. That's right. <laughs> Okay, man. This is lucky stars. That's all I said. Yeah. Well, I, listen. There's there. That's a, that's a different podcast, and uh, maybe next time when we have you back, we'll we'll uh, we'll discuss that a little bit more. Mm. <laughs> all, right. all right. Number two is a doozy. Are you guys uh you guys sitting down, not drinking a coffee? No, we're, I'm, I'm here, good. man. We're we're strapped. Right. We're strapped. We're, we're we're good to go. Number two. His name on the indies was Gallo, okay? He was one mm-hmm. half of the tag team Nightbreed. He's a former professional wrestler, and right now he's the head trainer at the Next Gen Wrestling Center. He's on the list as a liar because he was the guy when people would say, when's Johnny going to wrestle? He would say, well, he's not awesome enough yet. When I felt oh. I was as awesome as everybody else getting the opportunity to sink or swim. Uh, oh, he was taking my money to teach me how to, you know, you know, do this professionally and train me. And I wasn't getting my return on investment. Um, mm. When it came time to leave his school, I left on bad terms. We had a miscommunication, a misunderstanding on my monthly dues, and I had never missed a payment. Uh, I was there the first day he opened his doors. I was very loyal. Um, you know, I didn't just show up and, and train. I, I helped everyone I could. I tried to give as much advice to people. Mm. I was giving people the clothes off my back. I was giving people rides. I was feeding people. I was buying people birthday presents. That same guy, I bought him a birthday present and had everybody sign it. Ain't nobody give me money for that, right? So when he kicked me out of his school over monthly dues, that was like the biggest slap in the face. So, oh, man. Uh, you know what? You know, I'm just going to say some over here on the Opinion City podcast. Um, <laughs> Anyone that trains at that school, you are also a liar, right? Anyone that associates with that man, you're also a liar. He's a fake trainer at a fake school, and he's a fake person. His own family members don't even like him. Shots fired. Yeah. Ooh. I tried to uh, to bury the hatchet, <laughs> and uh, this was on my, my 33rd birthday. I tried to bury the hatchet with him, and he told me no, and he told me I'm bad for the wrestling business. He told me that, um, you know, 
all these negative things in that conversation. He said, he's not going to let this grudge go. Um, he tried to, to get me unbooked off of a show. It's a whole thing. So wow. what he, what he yes. will do, is he will take your money and he'll mm -hmm. buy himself a brand new car. And he hasn't produced a single star out of that. Nobody is, nobody has been produced out of that school. It's just a school full of nobodies. He's been wow. doing it for like two years now. Mm. How oh, many well. years do you need to produce somebody? Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'll tell you what. That right there is the cold hard opinion on cold hard opinion city. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we still listen. haven't gone to number one yet. So this. Yeah. Wow. So I can only top. imagine. Something's got to top that, man. Um, yeah. Well, it will. Yeah, that's why right he's one. This one's tough because I think deep down there's a good person there. Um, you guys are probably familiar with this guy. He's he's Trayvon Jordan, number one, one half of mm -hmm. Waves and Curls. So mm -hmm. I used yep. to tag with Trayvon, or excuse me, not tag, excuse me, no. Uh, I used to train with, <laughs> I used to train with Trayvon, and I made the mistake of leaving a bunch of fitness equipment down at my wrestling school thinking that people would use it and leave it at the school. And when I took a little hiatus from the school, when I finally came back, all my equipment was there except for my battle ropes. You guys seen those oh, battle ropes? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I said, does anybody know where my battle ropes are? Trayvon says, I borrowed them. They're at my house. And I said, why didn't you tell me? And he said, <laughs> I thought you would be cool with it. And I said, no, I'm not. Can you please give them back? Yep. There was a show the very next night at the school. It was the last XWA Thursday night throwdown. So mm -hmm. when your boy Johnny pulled up expecting to get his battle ropes back, they were not there. Mm -hmm. So Trayvon and I coordinated that I drive down from like Worcester, Massachusetts to Providence, Rhode Island to pick up my battle ropes. When I, when I arrived, Trayvon was not there. No, it was only no. on the third trip down there that I finally got my battle ropes back. So, yes, you know, if he had asked me to borrow them, I would have said yes. But still, that makes you a liar and you might be a thief, depending on. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, that might be yeah. a twofer right there. Jeez. Might be a twofer. Ooh, so yeah, man. I'm big on trust and respect, and I just feel like he can say all the nice things you want about that guy. I think he is a nice guy, but right there, like, man, ah, that was not cool. That makes you a liar. Yeah, it took me a second to realize who that was, but then when I realized who it was, I was like, Ralph, we actually saw him. Uh, yeah, at a couple weeks ago, at Six Flags a few weeks ago here in Jersey. Yeah, yeah. He, he, him, yeah. him and his tag team were actually here i was like oh that's that's trayvon so well it, you know i i think the cold hard truth that we've gotten from this cold hard top five is that common courtesy and decency and respect is all you can ask of somebody and yeah. some people just can't do that i won't say that shame. I'm, i won't say that i'm innocent in any of this you know but uh I think my kindness gets mistaken for weakness at times. And, and these are times mm -hmm. that I feel like uh, I've gotten like the short end of the stick. But uh, like I said, I'm not trying to like play the victim card at all. But 
you know, there's some really um, interesting people in New England wrestling, and I've come across damn near all of them. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Well, listen, you know, let's let's uh, let's hope that you know the the sky is the limit for you, and there are plenty of other places where you will find people that will you know, take your kindness and appreciate it for what it is. Cause you know, there's, there's lots of places out there. So I'm sure there's a place where Johnny Pierce will be uh, appreciated for Thanks. who and what he is. Yeah, exactly. Appreciate it. Absolutely. I feel so, like be fans want to go around saying, appreciate me. Yeah, there you <laughs> go. Dude, that's oh, I love it. Exactly. That's perfect. That's absolutely perfect. You should do that. That's, that's what you should do. Go that's out to the perfect. ring and just, you know, let let everybody you know say something. Let everybody boo you, and then just wait and say appreciate me. Appreciate that be, yeah, that should be your thing. I like it. Perfect, absolutely perfect. Very cool. So, why don't you before we uh, head out here? Why don't you tell everybody what's uh, what's going on next for Johnny Pierce? What's uh, what do you got down the line? So uh, let's see. Next, I got a double header in Vermont uh, on the fifteenth. Uh, which is a Friday. I'm in Rutland for World of Hurt, uh, where I plan on dishing out a World of Hurt. Um, <laughs> on the 16th, Burlington, Vermont, World of Hurt. Uh, on the 23rd, there's a doubleheader there with uh, Green Mountain Wrestling on the day show and ETWA Wrestling on the night show in Vermont. Um, the first show is in Barrie. The second show is in Newport. And Diego and I will definitely be defending our tag team championships because no one's going to take them from us. Uh, <laughs> and then to round out the month, Oh, excuse me. I missed one on the 19th and the Farmington main fair. Uh, I'll be Ooh. there wrestling. It's a Tuesday. Uh, wrestle a lot on a Tuesday, but um, that'll be good. And on the 30th, um, Fairhaven, Massachusetts for new England ring gladiators. Uh, Johnny Pierce has something really special cooked up his sleeves for that one. Oh, all right. Yeah. Don't miss that show. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to, uh, before you guys sign off, I wanted to say thank you for having me on here. I'm sorry I was late, but I um, wanted to give a shout out for Sean for connecting me to the Opinion City podcast. I've listened to a few episodes. You guys do a great job. Um, thank and then you. Thank you. Introducing me to yeah, Ralph. Thanks. Ralph, thank you for those logos. Uh, they came out Absolutely. great. You guys really captured um, like the essence of Johnny Pierce with that uh, post for this podcast episode. <laughs> you think the letters cut out from the magazines. I really like that. Yeah, um, Sean did a great job on that. <laughs> send that logo to somebody who's going to, you know, hopefully whip up some t-shirts or whatever I can, can get. That'd be cool. Yeah, nice. very cool. Um, yep. So, Thank you for being on the show and yeah. taking time out of your busy schedule to be there with opinions. Yeah. Oh man, I'd like Absolutely, to do um, You know, if you, John, if you can convince Heather to do this, man, I swear to God. No, dude, she's next. She's on the <laughs> list. She's next. What are you, Goldberg? <laughs> That's awesome, she's man. Next. Listen, yo, you're you've uh, you've you've been a guest on the show, so you're you're officially part of the Opinion City family. So we will absolutely. Uh, look forward to having you on again. Um, you're you're on Twitter and Instagram at underscore Johnny underscore Pierce underscore. Yeah. And so we will we will tag that uh, for everybody on our our socials. I think TikTok too. Unfortunately, oh. just 
watching more AEW. I have a TikTok mm-hmm. caved in. Oh, okay. Uh, um, and then I've never told anybody this, but those underscores, as annoying as they are, uh, each one stands for CHT. So the first one is oh. C, the second one H, last one T. Nobody's ever, I just, you know, that's an exclusive, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, cold hard truth, Johnny Pierce. And so I, oh, that's I cool. put that's those smart. in there to just like, yeah. you know, why not, right? Yeah. And if, if somebody wants to book you, how can they reach out to you? You know, I have an email, bookjohnnypierce at Gmail. Uh, I don't get much off that. So I guess I would say uh, a Facebook message to, to Johnny Pierce on Facebook. You know, you can DM me on Twitter if you want. Uh, Insta- I, sometimes I get booked through Instagram DMs. But, yeah, um, yeah just reach out. And, and I'd be happy to send whatever footage I need to send over. Um, I can confidently say that uh, none of my opponents have ever been injured in my matches. Um, That's always a good thing. Yeah. So I, I enjoy what I do. Um, I'd like to think I'm a good guy outside the ring, but, you know, when I when I get into character, if you need a heel who's big and bad, you know, book Johnny Pierce, man. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for being on All right, the show. Well, well, thanks. We, uh, we appreciate Yeah, appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Man, thank you for having me on the Opinion City podcast. You guys keep killing it. Um, I'll keep tuning in when I can. Uh, I want to shout out everybody you've had on the show, some of the guys I know. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, Ultimo Ant. I haven't met Big Dan Champion yet, but I'd love to have a match with him. I think him and I would match up really well together. Um, yeah, maybe get maybe get uh, Heather on here. Maybe get Diego on here. I don't know. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely, the man. The whole group. I'll spread the word, man. I'll get you guys. You know, get you guys Very out. Cool. Yeah, we appreciate that. All right, man. But, we'll see you next thanks. time. Yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Wow. Uh, a fantastic interview. Um, yeah, was... Johnny Pierce is really, Johnny Pierce is a really cool guy. Uh, I'm, I'm stuff, very, <laughs> very, very glad we had him on here today. So of course, you know, uh, we want to thank Johnny for uh, taking the time to be with us today. And of course we want to thank you, the listeners for not only listening, but also watching the Opinion City podcast yes. uh, with myself and Parmesan. Now that we are uh, also on video as well, you guys get to see our now shiny, you know, sparkling faces. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So if you like what you've just heard, you like what you've just watched, please, we hope you'll pass along our social media, which is at Opinion City Pod to all your friends and colleagues. And we would love it if you would leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts, and please subscribe to our YouTube. Yeah, be sure to check out all of our other episodes and let us know what you think of of those, as well as this episode, because we'd love to hear from you guys. Check us out on Facebook, on Twitter, or X, Instagram, and threads, at OpinionCityPod. And this has been a ManCast Network production, and we will see you next time. This is Ultimo Ant here. You're listening to Opinion City Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Happy trails.